If you are trying to tell your story to the world, MailChimp can help for free. And I can vouch for this one personally. I have been a MailChimp user for years. It is useful, it is effective, and it is very, very simple to use. That's coming from me to you. They got all sorts of pre-designed email templates, or you can make your own if you're into that. They'll show you how to send them, when you should send, why people open an email or click delete. Very, very smart. And they help you find people. If you need to grow a business, it's so useful. MailChimp can help you tell your story effectively and find people who care about it. I right here, Chris, the guy you trust from this podcast, use it and can vouch for it. Big, big thumbs up. More info at MailChimp.com. Very happy to talk once again about who I believe was the very first sponsor of this show, Mac Weldon, a product that I have really come to embrace and believe in personally. I wear Mac Weldon underwear anytime I'm in a situation where I need to be confident. You guys, I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival to do my show. First night, I'm nervous. I put on my Mac Weldon's. Makes me feel confident to know I'm wearing such a great, smartly designed product full of premium fabrics. It's so awesome. It's a really, truly great, well-made product. I like it. And if you don't like it, you can even keep it. They'll refund you. No questions asked. Go to MacWeldon.com. Get 20% off using promo code BEAUTIFUL. Hello, Boca Raton and the rest of the world. This is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One hour, one phone call, no names. No holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you. And you'll get to know me. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. It's Gethard. Very excited to hear what you think about this call. It's an interesting one. This guy has a story to tell. He's telling it. You'll hear in the first half of the call, I'm having trouble figuring out how to break in. But it moves. It starts to move. Listen to the end. It's a, it's a Springsteen story, man. It's, it's fleeing, fleeing a small town in a snowstorm, winding up in a sexual underground that, that I've never heard much about. Very interesting stuff. But but you'll, you might you might note, I would say on my end, the, the caller has a few blunt moments. It might feel a little insensitive, but but it, it, by the end, it gets extraordinarily human. You hear a lot of, of responsibility and a lot of a lot of feelings that get churned to the surface. So. So listen through to the end. This, in my opinion, this one just tonally just shifts in a way that that I was I was very uh, overwhelmed and fascinated by. I hope you are fascinated as well. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling, beautiful anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, this is Chris. Yeah. What's up, man? Not much, dude. How are you? Uh, well, this is like perfect timing, I got to tell you. Um, I've been on hold for about an hour and a half, and I managed to drop off my little baby son and drive all the way to work. And uh, <laughs> now I'm in a, I'm sitting across the street from work in the parking lot, and I work in exactly an hour and five minutes. So very good timing. Well, I want to thank you for staying on hold. You're, this is the second call we're taking today, and you 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 you, uh, you waited it out, and you've been rewarded. Um, so thank you. But I hope we don't yeah. get you. Fi- I hope we don't get you fired from work, taking up two and a half hours of your day. No, no, I was I was on my way. Um, I I start in an hour from now. I start at two. So, um, like I said, it's good timing. Having just enough time for a call. Perfect. All right. Yeah, man. All right. Let's get into it. 
Um, first of all, I know everybody kind of does this, but um, I think everything you're doing is awesome, and I'm a huge fan of everything that you do, and I think it's awesome that you're blowing up finally, and I just want to say congrats on all that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good the past year or two about that, and I want to thank you for saying let's get into it as if you were the host of the show and not me. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run the show today. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a back seat. I can feel that already. Uh, um, so I got an interesting story for you. Um, a little bit about the past few years of my life and how I ended up where I am. Um, it involves the escort industry. Uh, it involves moving to Florida, involves, uh, moving to Maryland. It's, uh, it's one of those stories that some of the th- some things in it like may not sound like they're real, but it is actually a true story. Wow. Well, you've laid out a prologue here that is quite fascinating, <laughs> and my ears are wide open. Yes. That's and uh, a I'm table just set of, another... you've given us a table of contents. <laughs> yes. And uh, just a, a small spoiler for the story. Um, I know you're familiar with Nikki Glaser, right? Yeah, Nikki's a friend. Nikki's okay. great. Um, so it's, for anybody who my might story, not know, such a talented comedian. Nikki is a really amazing comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. And uh, my story involves someone that she interviewed on one of her episodes of Not Safe. Oh, wow. Um, it'll tie the whole story together. But, uh, yeah, so I'd say about four years ago, I, uh, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. Um, not a single red light in the whole town, just kind of a shitty little town, man. Not, not a lot going on. And, uh, I was working at a car dealership at the time. Um, my, my passion is the restaurant industry and that's what, where I'm at now. But, uh, I was detailing cars and met this girl that came in. She, uh, wanted to buy a car and I, I knew her through friends of a friend, you know, it was a small town and I knew who she was. Um, I knew she was a, a stripper in another small town in Pennsylvania, um, which most of the strippers in that industry, in that area are either missing limbs or quite heavy or not that that's a bad thing, but, um, she wasn't the run of the mill Pennsylvania stripper. So I was, uh, kind of excited about it. You know, I, <laughs> um, I'm sorry to chuckle. So, like I felt like you caught yourself and nah, said, man. you know, I'm the, I, I just the missing limb size joke. Uh, I felt you go, ah, I am ah, sorry about that. But then to follow it up with the phrase, she wasn't a run of the mill Pennsylvania stripper. I think you've won all the goodwill back. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure if you've ever, I'm sure where you're from in New Jersey, I'm sure there's similar places with similar people. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. To each his own. But anyways, um, so I wanted to pursue this this girl. It was something uh, exciting to me. And at that time, I was playing in a metal band and like all we were about was like a numbers game and what girls we were hooking up with and all that fun stuff. So, um, when she bought her car, I actually detailed it for her and washed it and got it ready for a delivery. They call it, which is basically when somebody comes to pick up a new car. 
Um, so at that point we exchanged numbers and, uh, hung out a couple of days later. And, uh, I don't know how, how dirty you, I am allowed to get on this show. I won't go too crazy into detail. You go where um, you want, want my to get friend. Into... You go where you want, my friend. I don't, I don't <laughs> think anybody argues with dirty. I need these, I need these numbers, bro. <laughs> I need these downloads, bro. Let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel Um, so our first night hanging out, um, went to a couple bars and drank quite a bit of whiskey and, uh, thing called a pickleback, which is some callers might recognize that. I think it's like a regional thing. I don't know if if they have them everywhere, but basically a big glass jar of pickle juice and vodka with pickles floating in it that they leave like under the bar for months, years, who knows? Um, so we did quite a bit of those. Not, is that a Nickelback pun? Um, so, did that drink come into existence after the band Nickelback was popular? <laughs> is, this a, is this named after Nickelback, the no, Pickleback? I, I hope not. I don't really. I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think so. I. I actually uh, think that that particular jar was probably there before Nickelback even released their first album. So I wonder if Nickelback, if anything, is, Nickelback, a Nickelback is a pun off of that. Ooh, yeah, this exactly. Is a, it's a good thing worth exploring. I'm sure some listeners will track that down. And as a metal guy, exactly. As a metal guy, you you don't need to be sitting here talking about Nickelback. Uh, I'm one of those people that appreciates all kinds of music for what it is. I'm not not going to their concerts every weekend but i appreciate them for what they are yeah fair fair okay we've gotten distracted All right, let's get back, about to back. yeah <laughs> okay so um needless to say we were pretty drunk and went back to her place and uh i would say that was about the time that i had like a sexual reawakening um one of the craziest nights of my life to date and uh probably something that I'll never forget. It's probably one of those things where you want to kind of just check it off of your bucket list or at least know that before you settled down or grew up or whatever you had a couple times like that where we where you were like, yeah, like I may be a loser now, but at least I was kind of having fun at one point. It's a, um, a very grim, <laughs> grim way to put the, this idea that you should maybe live and be willing to make some mistakes. <laughs> to loop that around and say I'm a loser now, but I had fun at one point. I think there's, a, you know, tomato, tomato. I guess. I wouldn't say a loser. Actually, I, I guess I misspoke. I'm happier now than yeah. I've ever been, and yeah. have a son and everything. But we'll get to all that. Um, so, yeah, basically. Um, that first night, I don't know if you've ever been with a girl um, that was a squirter, um, but it's it's something very strange, and I don't know. It's like one of those things where, like, do I like this, or is it, like, gross, or is it awesome? Like, it's very odd, but kind of cool, and... Uh, we we actually stayed at her brother's house, who I've never met. I mean, who I didn't meet at the time. Met him a couple of weeks later, but um, her the room that we stayed in that night, the next morning, like looked like a scene from The Exorcist. It was just it was strange, man. I mean, like claw marks on the walls and 
just a <laughs> one of those like crazy experiences. But wait, wait anyways, wait. I was all for it. And... Sexual experience ended with claw marks, claw marks on the walls. Yeah, like literally, she had to repaint her brother's spare bedroom a couple weeks later. Um, yeah, so needless to say, I was like, I was stop trying at this to point. move like, on, I'm... man. What are you talking about? They had to repaint the room. What? How, how does that happen? You can't stop trying to move on. You're talking about a room had to be repainted. I got a lot to cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I got a lot it. to cover. Whatever you want me to pause and and explain, then just go for it. I'm trying. I, I you know I don't need to know too much about it. But how does a room need to be? Re- I'm I'm like this American Life on this episode. I'm trying to get into the details. You know, this is very it's very much like my friends at This American Life. I'm I'm not going to say that the entire room needed to be repainted, but there was a a small, probably larger picture frame size of the wall that needed to be repainted because of the scratches. Someone someone um, got pinned against a wall or held onto a wall or punched a wall in a fit of passion at some point is what you're telling me. Yeah, I don't remember too much of it, but... <laughs> too many picklebacks. I bro. remember enough to... <laughs> I know. Yeah, stay away from those. I, the notorious aphrodisiac uh, um, known as the pickleback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if anybody's wondering how to spice up their love life, um, just get a jar of pickles and a bottle of cheap vodka and mix them together and let it sit in your cupboard for a few months. In Central, that's what they call Pennsylvania Viagra. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. some advice for for anyone who's wondering. Sure. Um, yeah, so... You know, after that night, um, probably for the next, like, two weeks straight, we pretty much had crazy nights like that every night, and um, I was all about it at this point. I mean, we were starting to kind of have feelings for each other. Like, I don't know, we were casually dating, um, about as serious as you could get with someone in her line of work. Um, I didn't expect a happy ending or a fairy tale ending or anything like that. I, I knew what it was, but I was obviously still into it. Um, so we started dating and she met my mom and that was interesting. And, uh, I know my mom hated her from the very beginning and it's not just like that, you know, your mom, no girl is ever good enough for your mom. It's pretty much like this girl like wasn't good enough for me <laughs> or anyone. But um basically uh a few weeks later, like we were we were just out eating one night and we we're at a bar and having something to eat and she's like uh I'm I'm thinking of like getting out of here. Like I wanna I wanna move. I wanna I wanna go to California or go to Florida or something. Like what are we doing here? Like there's nothing going on. And, uh, like long story short, basically I, I just kind of agreed with her and we decided like a couple of days later that we were just going to leave. Um, we decided to move to Florida and this was after only hanging out or pretty much knowing each other for like three and a half weeks. Um, to reiterate, my mom at this point was like, not happy whatsoever, but she kind of saw an opportunity for me to have a fresh start in a new area. And 
I guess uh, there's nothing going on where where I am from. Um, I've always been like a restaurant guy, and there's only a couple little small mom and pop owned restaurants, and not a lot of money in restaurant management or anything there. So um, we we moved and uh, we we decided to go to Boca Raton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Boca Raton. Um, it's a pretty awesome part of the country. Florida is like a whole other world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask, crazy. Can, I, and, can I jump in and ask a couple of things? Yeah, man. So I want to, I want to know more. Cause so you've met this girl and she's in, she's, 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 she's a sex worker. I think it's fair to say that you're having some really um, like, room wrecking level sex but that's all we've heard about it your mom had trepidations but you're moving to florida with her so there are some genuine feelings there so i kind of don't i kind of don't want to let you off the hook on something if that's okay because you said like you didn't know well you said you didn't expect a happy ending her line of work maybe caused some concern but you're still going for it and you're still you're still dating this person so I, i would love to maybe just like pump the brakes a little bit and hear about your real feelings for her and your real feelings concerning her lifestyle and your, and your lifestyle and why, why you did go for it. Because I, I, do, I feel like I want to hear the whole story for sure, but I also don't want to gloss over that fact because I don't want to – I feel like there's, there's been a, a, a movement in, in the past few years of really humanizing um, sex workers, and I'm, I'm very supportive of that. So I'd love to maybe just for my own fascination – hear a little bit more about the real feelings that made you move all the way down a coast with this person and not just the sexual side of your relationship, if that's okay. We're pumping the brakes on the conversation. Might as well pump the brakes on the show a little bit too then because we have a lot of advertisers. They allow this show to happen and we're now going to hear from them. There are many times in your life where you might have questions about your love life, your job, your family, or just life in general. And and a lot of people wonder where can you go to get answers to those questions. And for many people, there are many different answers. Here's one answer that might be for you. Get a psychic source reading. You can chat online with a psychic. Have your reading by phone. There's also customer care agents standing by 24-7 to match you personally with one of their very gifted psychic Advisors, Psychic Source has an amazing first-time discount for listeners. Only 75 cents a minute, plus you get that first three minutes free. And your satisfaction is guaranteed. You're not happy with your reading? It's free. In order to get this special rate, be sure to keep the Psychic Source phone number 800-377-3188 stored in your phone or sign up online at PsychicSource.com. You mention the promo code BEAUTIFUL when you call or sign up online. If you call or join online now, you also get their guide to psychic readings absolutely free with your first paid reading. There are many ways that people are out there looking for answers, and Psychic Source might be the one for you. Call 800-377-3188 or sign up online and use offer code BEAUTIFUL. Oh, good God, have you been to a post office lately? Every time I walk in, I think to myself, there has to be a better way for me to mail and ship stuff. 
going to the post office, it takes up so much of my time. Leasing one of those postage meters, come on, it's way too expensive. Turns out there is a better way, Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk with your computer, your printer. You even get special postage discounts you can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com, it's more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You save at least 50% compared to a postage meter and... Most importantly to me, you avoid those time-consuming trips to the post office, standing online, waiting for people to figure out what they want. Let's just get over with. I use stamps.com for me, like over the years. I've had to send so many t-shirts out for the Chris Gethard show. I watch my wife. She's always packing up her albums for her, her two different punk rock bands, and she's mailing them off into the world, these trips back and forth to the off, the post office. No, 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 no. I don't think so. There's an easier way, stamps.com. Right now, sign up for stamps.com. Use my promo code, beautiful, for this special offer. You get a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage and digital scale. Do not wait Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in beautiful. That's stamps.com. Enter beautiful. All right. Thank you to our kind advertisers. And now I'd like to escort you back into a phone call. Do you see what I did there? So I'd love to maybe just for my own fascination, hear a little bit more about the real feelings that made you move all the way down a coast with this person and not just the sexual side of your relationship, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm in support of it. Um, a little later on in my story, you'll see like some other sides of the, the business outside of stripping. And um, sure. I'm really, I'm really very it's, interested. It's a crazy, it's a crazy industry, but it's, there's still people that still have feelings. It's not like they're just, androids like just there for someone else's pleasure i mean there's still people and uh could easily i mean a, a relationship like that is 100 percent about trusting the other person if you have any insecurities whatsoever or any inabilities to trust someone like that is not the road you want to go down yeah so this is um, so a girl you that's, did. That's one thing about it. This is a girl you did trust and you did enjoy, and you were willing to try to maybe reconcile those potential insecurities to go for it with her. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely had some feelings for her. Um, I think it was half that, and the other half of it was the fact that everyone else in my hometown, like, was just content with doing the same thing over and over. A lot of factory work and a lot of just blue collar life, um, having to drive an hour to the nearest mall or like just being okay with that life. And that's fine for people that want to live it. Like my parents, they just, they have a bunch of land and they just drive around golf carts with their neighbors all day and drink beer. And like, that's whatever, like, that's what you want to do. But a lot of young people, I don't know if they're afraid or, or what to, to get out of their hometown and to do something or make a change. But I felt like it was one of those moments where I literally like had to, had to do it. Like everybody always says, you know, like if you want to get out or change your situation, you have to literally just do it. You can't really think twice about it. Um, now if, if I would have had a kid at the time or a mortgage or something like, obviously things like that need to go into effect, but yeah, I was, 
rent free. I was living with my parents at the time and like I had nothing holding me back. So yeah. I didn't really have any excuses. So you meet this um, girl and she needs to bust out too. And you're both maybe feeling stuck in this place and you're looking for any way out and uh, you decide to go. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. And, and I, I was all about it. It was her idea, but like I was, I was just as forward as she was. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to talk shit on her, but she was a little bit mentally unstable. And I mean, who isn't? Everyone is. But yeah, there was a couple times where this was in the middle of winter, too. This is like a couple weeks before Christmas. So it was a really bad winter in Pennsylvania. I mean, it was snowing like six inches to a foot every other day. And like there was one point where it had snowed like a foot the night before and I had actually stayed at my parents' house. I didn't stay over at her place that night. And like, she wasn't answering her phone for like a whole day. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drive to her house. I don't know what's going on. Um, I got there and all of her stuff was loaded up and she was like just about to pull out of her, uh, parking space and leave like without me randomly. Um, it was a little bit of a red flag, but I'm glad I got there when I did, because if I wouldn't have stopped her, she probably would have went and then who knows what would have happened. But, uh, I, I stopped her and I was like, what are you doing? Like, she's like, I just want to go. I just want to go today. Like, I don't, she's like, I don't know if you're really into this decision. I, if, if this is a good idea for us both to go, whatever, she's like, I just, yeah. I just want to go. So it's I was like, like, all right, you know what? Like, it's like a Tom Waits. Give song. me like two more days. <laughs> right. I was like, just give me like two more days, you know, to, to, uh, say goodbye to my family. And cause my parents never been on a plane, either of them in their entire life. So my mom and my stepdad, I should say. And, uh, so I knew there was no chance of them coming to visit me. The only way I would see them is if I would fly up there or yeah. drive. It's like a 20 hour drive. Yeah. Um, okay. So I needed a couple of days to kind of make closure with my friends and the people I was in a band with and my parents. And, uh, so we, we, uh, we did what we had to do and we left a couple of days later of like a week earlier than we originally were supposed to. Um, there was a huge snowstorm the night before we left. Um, it had snowed like over a foot and it was like horrible roads the first few hours. Like thinking back now that I'm a few years older, like it was stupid to leave in the middle of a giant snowstorm. Like well, there was no reason why we couldn't have stayed one more day for the roads to clear up, but it was just like, let's go now or we never will type of scenario. Born to run. Born to so, run. <laughs> um, so, her, my plan was to get down there and kind of uh, see if I could get into some nicer upscale restaurants or do some music on my own. I had a friend who was going to Full Sail University in Orlando at the time. It was a couple hours away but uh, from where we lived. But where the WWE tapes where the WWE tapes NXT in the Cruiserweight Classic, Full Sail University. Anyway, I, that was the most unnecessary yeah. interruption in the history of the show. Keep going, keep going. So you're looking for restaurant no, work. Good, man. You're looking for restaurant work. Yeah, I'm looking for that. I'm looking to maybe collaborate with my friend and record some of my own music. And uh, her plan 
was to basically uh, get into porn when she got down there, which was new to me as of like a couple of days before we we left. She decided that's what she wanted to do. And um, pretty much when it comes to the porn industry or the adult industry period, like Southern Florida and, and uh, L.A. are pretty much like where it is. Um, so now keep in mind, like, like you were saying, like I still had some feelings for her. So it was a little odd that she wanted to do that, but I was still kind of just like going for the ride, you know? Yeah. Um, she had an idea of a place that we could stay. I got to back up a little bit. Let me also reiterate that between the two of us, uh, we left with two cars packed full between the two of us. We had $700 total. Um, and nowhere to stay as of leaving Pennsylvania. Um, about halfway through the trip, she had made a contact with someone in the industry that, uh, kind of found us a place to stay. And, uh, we didn't have like a definite place where we were going to stay until probably like 12 hours into the trip. Um, so you guys jumped into the deep end. Yeah, yes, yeah, it was crazy. Um, we we stopped over in Myrtle Beach, um, spent the first night. That's about like probably eight or nine hours into the trip. Yeah, um, we spent the first night, and we mainly we wanted to keep driving, but we mainly stopped because we didn't really know where we were going to end up the next day. So <laughs> we kind of wanted to stall a little bit and see if our our plans of having a place to live were going to fizzle out or not um so she got a contact with this guy who said he was part of reality kings the uh porn website sadly i am familiar um <laughs> so he he claimed he was part of reality kings and he had saw her profile online and uh he wanted to do some work with her. So we were going to go for it and we had a place to stay. So when we got down to Boca, um, we got to this guy's house and, uh, this is where it starts turning into like something out of a movie because this guy did not look like somebody in that industry. Um, I don't know how someone in that industry is supposed to look, but I kind of expected to see some like really athletic, like 30 or 40 year old, like wearing suits all the time on his Bluetooth, like that kind of guy. And, uh, turned out it was like this 55, 60 year old guy who was very sick all the time. I still don't know to this day what the hell was wrong with him, but I mean, he had just like, 50 pill bottles in his bedroom and the house was really a mess <laughs> when we first got there. Um, basically it turned out he didn't work for reality Kings, but what he worked for or ran was a, um, escort company wow. so out, of, out of Pompano beach, Florida, that's pretty close to Boca. So you're like, you're like, yeah. I'm with this girl. We both maybe have some 
both maybe have some issues, but we're we're linking up. This might be healthy, it might not. I'm figuring out these feelings, but we're gonna go for it. This is the escape. We both see the escape in this. Don't even know where we're going. Porn comes up. You're like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We're gonna try it. And then you get there. It seems like this is a thing that is spiraling in a direction pretty quickly. <laughs> seems like everything moved fast yeah, on this I've, experience. Yeah. How long have we been on so far? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground already. Yeah, we've got 34 minutes left. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, so we find out not so much porn, but <laughs> pretty much uh, he ran an escort company out of Pompano, which is about like 15, 20 minutes from Boca. Um, so she pretty much decides, like, I think I'm going to try this out instead of porn. Like, we have a place to stay. Um, in her eyes, it was, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to sleep with guys. I don't, I just can, I can just go on dates with these older businessmen and make a shitload of money and not have to give up my body at all. And, uh, I think she believed it and I also believed it or at least wanted to believe it. Um, I hadn't found a job at the time. This was only a couple of days in that she decided she wanted to do this. And, uh, so we needed money to pay rent. Um, let me explain this guy. Uh, but basically what, what he did, he had this house with the lawyer for the escort company who was, uh, also an older 65 year old man kind of looked like Benjamin Franklin, like huge gut balding white hair. <laughs> so These ben, two guys, like Benjamin Franklin, I don't even know how to describe them. Yeah, Benjamin they Franklin's like they a pretty should, good start. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how else to describe these two men. They were just like two older creepy men who okay. shouldn't be anywhere near young women. Yeah. And tell me, um, so tell me about you though. Tell me about are, are red flags raising. Are you like just along for the rock? Is there an adrenaline rush aspect to this? Are you in, do you feel like you're in over your head? Are you in denial about what's happening? Where are you at during all this? It, it was all happening so quickly that I just really didn't know what to do. Like I didn't really, I didn't have any, I didn't have much money. Like I said, we only had a few hundred dollars after our trip and like I didn't know what to do other than just go along for the ride and yeah I was it was kind of amusing like it was it was almost fun like figuring out what was going to happen the next day um and do you feel like but is well, there any element, back to it. well yeah. hold on do, is there any do you feel like these guys kind of lured your girlfriend into this do you feel like it was like predatory on some level yeah, absolutely. Like the whole the whole porn thing was bullshit. That whole aspect of the of uh getting us down there to have a place to stay had nothing to do with porn. It was all about and the escort thing. So you guys have been tricked um, and you're just roll you're like rolling with punches, not even in like the the usual phrase, but like you're there's moments where you're like, Oh shit, we have no money. The fuck is going on? I guess we'll just follow through on this and see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, man. And um I wanted to oh, I wanted to say about the housing situation. So there's all these bedrooms. Basically, 
what this guy would do, he had the escort company about 15 minutes away. And this house with all his bedrooms, he would have girls come from different parts of the country, even outside of the country. They would come to that area joining the escort company or being promised to get into porn or whatever the situation was for other girls. And he would give them a place to stay. They would pay like a weekly rent. We paid like $200 a week for our uh, bedroom. And there was different girls staying there at all times. So basically when we moved in, it was the guy, his lawyer, um, this 18 year old girl, I think she was like, from Mexico or Puerto Rico or something. She was like freshly 18. She had a bedroom down the hall from us with her mom. I don't know. I just, it was, I was odd. So that her so, and, yeah, with her, and her ta- mom lived. Let's, let's talk about, so you're, you get to the situation. It's this weird flop house with these creeps who are tricking people into coming from all over the world. Like, so what's the, is your gut instinct? Like, is there any part of you that's like, we got to get the fuck out of here or I'd love to get the fuck out of here, but I can't because we're, we've now, we're now kind of in this with no money. Like where is your head at? Are you freaking out at all? I would be losing my fucking mind. Yeah. I was freaking out a little bit. Talk me through that. I was definitely freaking out. Are you talking with your girl? Are you Um, like, we should, we should split on this. This is dangerous. Like this sounds like a dangerous situation. Are you guys talking about that together at all? We did, but she, kind of was just like almost too confident in the situation. And she was like, don't worry. Like, it's all good. Um, is there any party that feels like maybe she knew what it was before you got there? Um, never really thought of that until you just said that. So (laughs) probably, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I just wonder if when Um, she tried to split without you, if it was like, she knows like, actually I'm maybe about to go down a pretty dark road. I wonder if there's any element of that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, these guys are definitely shady, so I wouldn't put it past them to do their part of it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but she uh, started working pretty quickly. Like every day she was working. Um, she was gone for 15, 16 hours a day. And she would come home. I was job hunting at the time. I had my car and she, like I said, we brought two cars. So I was job hunting and she'd be gone for 15, 16 hours a day and just come home with wads of cash, thousands and thousands of dollars in cash every week. Like, so this is the, this is the turning point where I was definitely freaked out. Didn't know what was going on. But at the same time, like I wasn't working and this girl was bringing home a shitload of money, like enough for us to go and do whatever the hell we wanted every single day. And like, she was paying for everything. So, so there's some, I may have been freaked out, but I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm just going to ride it out. Like, so there's like a fast life. I think my feeling quality to this. Yeah. I think my feelings for her kind of diminished over time just by seeing how, she really was and but i was attracted to the money and like this the lifestyle that we were living and and at that point um, you, had, you had said you guys talked about like just dating but it was was she sleeping with the men at this point was this something you guys talked about it was like a very i don't know to this day i don't know if she ever did i i'm almost positive she did because i don't see why 
all these guys would pay that much money just to like talk to someone. I don't right. know. But you never I mean, actually, guess, you didn't want to open that door. You, it was like, this is a conversation that's almost too dark to have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I would try to bring it up and she just never wanted to talk about work. And, uh, that, that sex life that we had was going away. So I, I knew, I know that was because of what was going on at work. So, I mean, I wasn't stupid. I I knew it was going on. Um, but, but I was still, I was still into it. Like just because we're doing whatever we wanted. And, uh, so this is, this is a pretty short timeline. This is only about, I'd say, uh, being there for about three weeks, like she started talking about like, uh, Hey, I know we said like, even if we break up, we would still be roommates or whatever, but like, you don't have a job yet. And I kind of want to like, go get my own place. <laughs> so, um, she wanted to leave and she didn't want to take me with her. She wanted, she's looking at apartments, but didn't really want me involved in the process. So, uh, we basically had broken up, but we were still living together for a while. Um, and I just want to reiterate the timeline that right around Christmas. So this would have been in my lifetime, the most, the oddest Christmas dinner I have ever, ever been a part of in my entire life was at the escort house with me, my ex or whatever she was, um, the Spanish girl, Spanish girl's mom, the guy that ran the company and his lawyer, that was our Christmas dinner. <laughs> oh, 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 that's a sad, um, in this big that's, house. Uh, that's a sad Christmas dinner. <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's, let's pause right there and step away from this, uh, absolute opposite of a Norman Rockwell painting of a Christmas dinner. So we can hear from our advertisers who help make this show happen. Are you the type of person that avoids parties or, or that or that gets nervous to speak up in a meeting and then you kick yourself for it later, you're regretting it? I know that is me. 30 million Americans will suffer from social anxiety in their lifetime. And it is something that has had a huge effect on my life. I, I've, I remember so vividly at college going to parties with my girlfriend and she knew that if, if I had these certain tics, if I started rubbing my legs or not being able to, to verbalize things, she had to get me out of there because I was about to freak out. This had a big effect on my life, these anxiety issues. And I really wish Joyable had been around back then because Joyable's online program, it's helped thousands of clients overcome social anxiety. Joyable uses cognitive behavior therapy, which is the leading treatment for social anxiety, according to all the major authorities. You get paired up with a coach who is your partner through the program. They help tailor the program to your specific needs. They keep you motivated, keep you on track. It's available anywhere at any time. You can access it from the comfort and privacy of your own home, which is so nice for people who have social anxiety. 93% of Joyable clients see a decline in their social anxiety after completing the 12-week online program. This program, it's $25 a week. You get a free seven-day trial, so it's about as much as you spend on, on, on what, coffee or takeout or, or a night out at the bar. And it's, it's only 11%, the average cost of therapy. But for our listeners, there's a special offer. You go to Joyable dot com slash beautiful, you'll get an additional week completely free. And I'm so happy to have uh, Joyable here um, getting word out about how they want to help because it's a thing that I'd love to help with as well. And, and it's nice to link up with Joyable to do so. Joyable.com slash beautiful. Get that special offer. Start taking power over this aspect of your life. 
get back to the call, because you know what? We've been hearing a lot of the facts. Let's hear the fallout, the redemption, the pathos. Let's go. <laughs> That's a sad Christmas dinner. Do you guys have, you have turkey? You have ham? How are the sides? Oh, we had everything. We had we had Cornish game hens. I mean, the guy was actually a pretty good cook. He, <laughs> he was a weird guy, but he was... <laughs> He was, he was a weird guy, but he was a great cook. He was really nice. Like he fed me every day. He made sure I wasn't going hungry and stuff. Um, and, uh, this is where this would be the point a couple of days later that she decides she wants to go. She wants to move out. Um, and I didn't know where I would go. So I basically sat down with these guys and I was like, look, like, I think I might have a job in about a week, but I'm not sure yet. Um, she wants to go. She wants to get out of here. Like, can I stay here for a while? And, uh, they were like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't worry, man. Like take some time. Like we'll, we'll let you stay here for the next like couple of weeks, but in like two weeks, you got to give us some money. So she moved out. Like she was off. Um, when she left, this is the last time I've talked to her since then. So this is where she drops off of the storyline. Yeah. And I want to, um, since we're at a transition point, I want to, I want to jump in and let you know, this is fascinating. This is like a whole underground world that I've never heard about. And I'm into it. We have 22 minutes left and I do just want to put out there. I'm sure many of the listeners want to make sure I want to just put it on record. I need to know how, because you said this was only a few years ago, and you have a son. I need to know how your life got to this point and how, how you're doing now. So just keep that in mind. We only got 22 minutes left, and I need to hear about that, okay. too. Yeah, right? I think that's fair. Of course, of course. If only Beautiful Anonymous was an hour and 30 minutes, I think you should change the call time. But, uh, I mean, that's up to you. Anyways. <laughs> so. okay. okay, dude. You like to call the shots on me, bro. <laughs> Second time you big-timed me. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. So okay, so she moves on so, and you're now getting in deep with these guys. You owe them. Now you owe these dirtbags something is what I'm sensing. Yes, but they were dirtbags, but like they helped me out and they were really cool about it. Like yeah, they gave fair. me a place to live and put food in my stomach like the strangers and they were weird as fuck, but they were super nice to me and like over the next about month or so that I lived there like I actually became like pretty decent friends with them, especially the lawyer. Um, oh, that's cool. All right. The, the my other bad. Guy, hey, the, hey the my other bad. I wasn't home a lot. Yeah. My bad. I'm calling them yeah, dirtbags. It sounds like they're total dirtbags, but they turned out to be really cool to me. And and if it wasn't for them giving me a place to go, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Really. I mean, I might have had to move back home or something. You know. Um. But, but basically, yeah, so she, she bounced and I stayed there for a while. A couple, a couple other girls came and went throughout the house and had some new roommates for a little while. That was weird. Um, definitely some shady girls. Like we didn't really come in contact with each other. Um, maybe at the dinner table once in a while, but we didn't like hang out or anything. I was, I was trying to not be around them as much as possible, but, um, I I got a job at a at a kosher restaurant in Boca. Um, <laughs> it was a serving job at the time. Okay. Yeah, I know. This is like a whole thing we could talk about for a while too. Is just like me starting my 
career in kosher restaurants, but well, to keep I, I got like say, short this is a possible. stunning turn because I, I figured this was going to head to the point where it's like, and now I owe these guys, and I, I became a de facto pimp or a pornographer. I was like driving girls to appointments, and instead, uh, it took this turn where no, no, I, I wish you just successfully have built something in the world of kosher restaurants. I did not see that coming, frankly. <laughs> if if the story would have turned that way, this probably would have been like one of the best episodes ever, but. Um, luckily for me, my, it ended up turning out pretty well for me. I didn't have to do anything super dirty. So <laughs> that's good. That's um, it's a, Yeah. So you die. I have to say too, cause you said your mom had all this hesitation and it's like, like you wind up living in a, in a, pimp, a pimp's house instantly. Like your mom is like, Hey, I don't think you should do this. It might not end well. And you're like, mom, I got to take some chances in life and go. And then 48 hours later, a pimp is feeding you. <laughs> Have you Basically, like? Did you yeah. ever call your mom back home and say like, "Hey, mom, my my bad. I should have. We should have. I should have listened a little bit more." Was there ever? Have you ever had that conversation? Oh, absolutely. With her? Yeah. Absolutely. She knows the whole story. She's uh, she knows she was right about that one. But <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> at this point in the story. So I had bounced back and forth to a couple roommates over the next few months um, working at this restaurant. Um, I met a guy who was a school teacher. I met him at a bar, actually. He was drinking and, um, I was still drinking at the time and he seemed like a cool guy. He would, he would, he was there in a suit and he would basically just, I ended up moving in with him and I don't want to keep that story too long. Um, because I want to get to the end pretty much, but he was somebody that would like literally go to bars dressed in a suit and he would talk to women and, and, um, use an accent and stuff and pretend that he was a businessman traveling from other parts of the country. But really he lived like five minutes away and he was like a, a freaking pill head that, um, I don't know how the hell I get drawn towards these people, but yeah, bro, I, I was gonna say <laughs> he was like, my first roommate. I, I was gonna say like, <laughs> I will. Uh, can I can I rake you over the coals just for a second? I'm I'm one thing, and I'm not trying to give you too hard a time. But earlier in the story, you were like, you were like, yeah, I don't know, man. She she was a stripper. Like I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to like do this and that. And then and this guy, you're like, oh, he's a freaking pillhead and this and that. And you're like, and then these guys, this guy was a really sick old weird guy. And, this, and there's like a little bit of a part of you that's like, uh like maybe maybe throwing shade at all these different people, but the common element is is you. So let's keep that in mind too. The common factor Absolutely. in all these stories is that you you definitely like to roll in the shadows a bit your own self. Huh? Let's take some responsibility on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very it's very alarming that I would be drawn towards those people, and I don't know. I mean, you like now trouble. I can say it's a good story, but. You like trouble. You get yourself yeah. in trouble. I used to like trouble. Yeah, I used to yeah. like trouble. Okay, walk me through. Um, it. Sixteen and a half minutes left. Oh boy! All right. So, um, yeah, I'm in and out with that roommate. He ends up being crazy pillhead. Um, I find another roommate, really nice guy. He was from Colombia. Um, really, really nice guy. I worked with him at the restaurant. He helped me out a lot. Um, this is where my uh, baby's mom enters the picture. Okay, this is um, an interesting turn. The second female lead of this of this story. Okay, as a um, viewer, I am interested. As a listener, I'm interested. She worked next door to the restaurant I was in that I was working at. She worked next door. Um, she was a, did marketing for a plastic surgeon. 
um, every day she would come in to get lunch. And uh, first time I saw her, I was like, this is probably like the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. Like it's way out of my league. I've been with a bunch of crazy, crazy people. Like up until now, like there's no way I'll be with a girl like this. Um, so every day I would come to work and I would write my phone number down on a little piece of paper and I would put it in my pocket. And I would, every day I was like, all right, like today's going to be the day I'm going to slip her this piece of paper. She's going to have my number. And I was, I was like a confident guy. Like I was, I would talk to any girl and it was just, it was just how, how I was. And for some reason she was intimidating to me. I don't know if it was her professional demeanor, how she, um, how she presented herself, but I loved it. And it was the exact opposite of what I, of the girl that I came to Florida with pretty much. Like she was, had her shit together. She wasn't, she wasn't that person that I was drawn to when I moved to Florida. She was the opposite end of the spectrum and I I loved it. She made you want to straighten Um, up and fly right. Yeah, she did. And, uh, we, we got together and we hung out and, uh, eventually, Eventually, uh, we moved in together. She came to live with me and my, my roommate, uh, Colombian one. And he was super nice about letting her come and live with me. And, um, we were down there for a while and she decided, uh, we both decided like maybe it's time to move back up North. Um, she is from Maryland where I live now. Um, and left Florida and came up here with not much money again. Um, her parents took us in. We stayed there for a little while. We stayed with her grandma for a little while. Um, I was progressing my career. I became a restaurant manager um, fairly quickly after moving to Maryland. And another kosher um, restaurant? No, no. Um, fortunately, there's not many of those around here, maybe in Baltimore. Uh, I'm more near like Annapolis area. Okay. Um, and, and does your girl, does your, does she found out? Did the baby mama know your whole story? Did, did, does the, yeah, she, she did. She knows, she knows you were living in a, what can only be described as a flop house for a while. And she knows that you, you had some dark twists and turns on the way towards finding her. Yeah. I think one night we were, drinking at a bar and like I unloaded the whole story to her fairly quickly after we met. Um, probably only like a a week after we met, I'm sure she asked me something like, how did you end up down here? And that's why I pretty much told her the whole story. Yeah. Um, but, but we, we fell in love, man. And we, uh, unfortunately we're not together right now. So it's not a completely happy ending. That's a Um, bummer. I'm sorry. But, no, it's all good. She she found out she was pregnant, um, and you know we both kept working. She she's actually a paralegal now. She works for a law firm, and uh, I'm a restaurant manager. But um, you know we after our son was born, we kind of like started growing apart a little bit, and um, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing, you know it. Um, it happened like the past couple of years just flew by and uh, you know, there's always things you want to go back and change, but it, it happened the way it did. And I'm lucky to have my son now, but basically um, 
we grew apart and, and, uh, she decided this is actually pretty recent. This is only about maybe four, five months ago. She decided, um, she wanted to move out and, um, she's, it's weird. She, she left me for, uh, another guy and, I don't know if you've ever dealt with anything like this in any of your relationships, but I'm sure there's people listening that can relate. Like if you're in a relationship and, and it, it's tends to grow apart. Sometimes the person will leave you for someone that was similar to you when you met. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, the guy that she left me for, um, is a restaurant guy bunch of tattoos, like kind of the same vibe that I had when we met. Um, and it's, it's weird, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what happened. And, uh, it was, it was really tough for a while. Um, I have to say, I, I definitely still love her and there, there's still, when, when you have a child with someone, you'll never, then you'll never not care for that person no matter what happens really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did shitty things and I had my, I went in and out of spells with, with, uh, drinking and doing drugs and stuff. And, um, you know, no matter what, I'll, I'll always have feelings for her. And I think deep down she will for me, but, um, I have this, this awesome little boy now and he's about to turn a year and a half pretty soon. Yeah. And you said um, this all happened within just a couple of years? Yeah, this is all maybe like three and a half, four years. So you took off for Florida four years ago, and now you live in Maryland. You have a son. Yeah. That's pretty head spinning. Are you like a little shell yeah, Are you a little shell shocked, man? Um, I don't know. Like I'm we- happy. Like I, I'm adjusting to having one income, um, living on my own and is is not as easy as it is when you have two incomes obviously so i'm still adjusting to that but i have a great job um i'm a i'm a restaurant manager um near the near dc and uh i love what i do and i love my son and like i'm just kind of just kind of living life day to day and i just i think about my my story a lot from a few years ago because yeah, how's it make now you that feel? Because it's yeah. like you got to a happy place, but it was a pretty. Sounds like it was a pretty dark journey to get there. And and I will say too, you, there's a lot of happy. I hear you talking about your your job now and your son now, and 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 it sounds like you're very proud of that, and you deserve to be. But also, I I gotta say, like I do sense some sadness even as you talk about that stuff. Like, how do you overall feel about this journey you've been on the past few years? Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, there's aspects of, of the way I lived a couple of years ago that I miss. Like I miss, I kind of miss the rush of like not knowing what's going to happen day to day or like getting in crazy situations. And like, there's something that draws me to that. Yeah. It's hard to explain. I mean, a lot of people are drawn towards women or men that are, you know, that have that little bit of dysfunction, but deep down, like the people that are usually have some sort of passion for self-destruction themselves. So 
I think I have a little bit of that um, still left in me, but now that I have my son and uh, I have a good job and I don't, I don't want anything like crazy to happen now. Yeah. Like I'm content with, I'm content with a normal life now. Um, do you have to kind there's of, there's a lot of things I want to do and see, but do you feel like you I'm content? Do you feel like you kind of have to like consciously push back against that self-destructive vibe? Or do you feel like that fire has been put out? I don't know. I'm fairly young. I'm only 26. So, um, right now it's all about, all about him. Um, his name's Cash. We named him after Johnny Cash, but right now it's all about Cash, and um, I don't have time or like I don't. Ha- I just don't have. I can't go down those paths anymore. Um, it's it's weird. I don't know. I'm sure you'll have a kid someday, and you'll you'll understand. Like when he was born. Uh, when we were at the hospital, my, my ex was in labor for like 30 hours, something crazy like that. And, uh, the second he was born, there's like this weird out of body experience that happens. And, uh, it feels like the world kind of just like everything up to that point does not really mean shit anymore. Yeah. Like the world kind of drops onto your shoulders in a matter of seconds, and it's very surreal. Um, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you, you know, this. I, yeah. So you grew up in a place that you eventually felt like you had to straight up flee from. This led you to some self-destructive tendencies. This led you to some situations that I think anyone listening would say that they sound like they were probably ill-advised, if not outright dangerous. And now you've got a son. So thinking about what you've dealt with and what you've been through and thinking about the fact that you somehow, you know, you've landed on your feet in a way that I think sounds very um, commendable. So do you think about your life in context of your son? Like, what do you want to, what do you want to do for your son that will maybe not set him up to want to maybe fall into some of the same traps you did? You must think about that, right? Yeah, I think about that a lot. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if he will subconsciously pick up on the fucked up things in my life or the fucked up things in his mom's life and like, and become part of that when he's older. Um, you know, as I can, I do the best I can to keep him away from, I mean, I would never want to have a kid that, that does drugs or, or anything dangerous. Um, yeah, we've kind really of, not worth it, and I know. What kind of drugs did you yeah. fall into? Because you kind of mentioned that, and then moved on. Like, what were you messing around with? Um, downers, painkillers, and fentanyl, and really dangerous things, and things at the time were like fun, and but it's not it's not worth it. And uh, so you got I am you got extremely lucky, you got lucky. I am extremely lucky that I have my son because I could have really lost him um, because of my issues and my demons. And like, if we had more time, I could go deeper into that, but I almost don't really want to. I like to keep it, keep it uh, where it is, but um, things could have ended differently for me, but 
you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have him today and that I, I don't have to, I don't have to go down those paths anymore. That's um, cool, man. That's really I, inspiring. I know. That's very genuinely inspiring, man. Cause it's, I mean, you know, I feel like we've been plowing through this story cause there's been a lot to say, but I just want to make sure at the end, I tell you, like, sounds like you, like, sounds like there was like a real potential for a nosedive. And then it seems like you managed to kind of pull the plane up at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. Literally like I came really close to, um, to messing up. I, I came close a couple times to getting in trouble with the law because of what I was doing. I came close to dying basically. Um, I came really close and I didn't have someone catch me doing drugs. Or I didn't have somebody like find out about it. Like without me, not like I came clean to everyone and, uh, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, coming clean to my, to my, uh, my now ex, my baby's mom and coming clean to my mom. And yeah, were you doing, were you definitely doing, one of the hardest things? Had you fallen into drugs before you left Pennsylvania? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a piece. It there's was a, on and off for quite a, some time. That's a piece of the puzzle. And that, that I got, that, that makes the whole story make a little bit more sense from the start on my end. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I know we were flying through the time pretty quickly, and I didn't want to get caught up too much. Oh, of but course. I, I wanted to touch on it because it ties up my whole story. And uh, I guess, like, I don't want to sound like a motivational speaker, but if there, I'm sure there's people listening that um, probably dealing with the same shit that I was. They may even they may even have children or whatever, but. Um, just like when I left Pennsylvania and I was just like, I got to just do it. I'm just going to go like, that's how you got to take things like drugs or alcohol or whatever your demons are. Like you have to just put it behind it. You. you have to just make the decision. You you can't just keep saying every day, like, Oh, you know, it's, it's something I got to work on or something I got to fix. Like nothing will happen until you literally just do it. Um, I'm very thankful that, everything kind of worked out. I mean, I, I may not have the girl that I still love, um, but we have a pretty good relationship at this point. We're pretty good friends and um, we're pretty civil about, about our son and the time that we spend with him. And yeah, I have him three or four, I have him three or four nights a week and one or two mornings a week. So I have him at least half the time, if not more some weeks. Um, so, I mean, yeah, everything, everything works out in the long run. <laughs> yeah, sounds, man. Sounds it, cliche. It but. Sounds like you tried to like physically run from some of those demons, like PA to Florida, but eventually it felt like, oh no, you have to actually get your shit together to deal with them. You can't just run. And I'll also say this. Can I say this? Yeah. There's one point where you referred to your son. It, it, if anybody at the beginning of this episode heard i'm gonna say the phrase it's all about cash they would assume it meant because you went to a place where you fell into the porn world or the escorting world the pimping world and instead it's that phrase <laughs> is about how you had to get your shit together to take care of someone else and help him avoid his mistakes and that's uh that's really hitting me in the gut right now man yeah well there's your uh episode title 
<laughs> hey, dude, the phone's about to hang up. You got any last uh, last things you want to throw out there? Um, yeah, just uh, I think everybody should uh, listen to what I said. You know, everybody's got their shit they got to deal with. But um, if you have kids or if you have something you're working towards, career a career path or anything, just uh, do what you have to do. Be a good person at the end of the day. You can make mistakes and fuck up and have fun, but when it's time to get your shit together, get your shit together. Yeah, it's good advice, man. And thanks for, uh, I'll tell you what, thanks for cutting deep. It went a little deeper than it was in the beginning, and I thank you for that. Yeah, no problem, man. I I appreciate talking to you. This has been, been awesome. I'm happy I, I got through today. Caller, I hope you stay where you're at and keep moving towards more stability and happiness and, and discoveries. And, and thank you for sharing uh, your background and, and those overwhelming few years that you had. And, and thanks thanks for, for really uh, owning it, owning it. I felt like at the end you owned it and it meant a lot to me that you would go there. And, and thank you. And I, I hope everybody enjoyed this call. Thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Thanks to the Reverend John Delore, to Greta Cohn, to Zach Dinerstein, and to Shellshag for all our music. Please do support Shellshag. You want to meet me out on the road? ChrisGeth.com has my dates. And I got an off-Broadway show. Fancy stuff. www.careersuicideshow.com for info and tickets. If you're around New York, it would mean so much to me if you supported that show. And if you support this podcast, remember, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It really does genuinely help so much. And in the meantime, we'll be back next week with more real stories from real people. I'm Beautiful Anonymous. You know, there's a lot of real people in this world with real stories to tell. Here's one you'll hear next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Listen, you're most likely, from what I can tell, a middle-class to upper-middle-class white person in your early to mid-twenties. <laughs> Things are almost, probably going to be okay. Okay? And no need to be nervous to talk to me when you get on the phone. I'm, a, I'm an idiot, and I... Okay, that's that's thirty seconds. Was that good? Yeah, it was great. And so now I think what you need to add are um, some sound effects oh. because, like, a lot of people enjoy like tapping. Tapping. That is next time on Beautiful Anonymous. If you love podcasts, and you probably do if you're listening to this, you don't want to miss Now Hear This. You'll be able to see more than 30 great podcasts live on six stages. Check out some of the best shows in the podcast universe, including WTF with Mark Marin, Comedy Bang Bang, Dinner Party Download, Criminal. It all happens at Now Hear This, October 28th through the 30th in Anaheim, California. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from L.A. Don't miss it. Go to NowHearThisFest.com to buy your tickets now. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.